Welcome back to another episode of Useless Degrees. I'm your host, Anthony Rastigue, and now that we're friends, you may call me Tony. Today, my guests are Anya and Kylie, the hosts of Two Degrees Hotter, a show about navigating life in your 20s. They talk all about career choices, self-love, and how to improve upon yourself as a college graduate. Now let's get started. All right, welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you both doing? Good, yeah, we're having... We're having a fun time here chatting all about, you know, our college experiences and it's awesome to meet Tony and I'm excited to be on the show. What about you, Kylie? Yeah, I'm doing well. We're really excited to do this collab because I think our shows really align super well. So it's always fun to find other post-grad podcasts in the community. Oh, 100%. And I love your guys' title, by the way. I just want to know, like, <laughs> who's the one to come up with that? I think it... Yeah, it we was bounced, a joint effort. We bounced titles around for a while because we I think we felt like our title was a really high stakes decision. Yeah. And so I think you're the one that actually came up with it though, Kylie. Like I think we kind of said it jokingly and I was like, wait, why yeah. is that good? <laughs> yeah, I said it because we were workshopping titles and I just said it as a joke. And then we were both like, Hmm. <laughs> he kind of sounds nice. And now here we are. <laughs> I know that th that title just kind of, it aligns so perfectly with the show altogether. You mentioned degrees in it too, but also like the play on words with two degrees hotter. Like that's just, that's so funny to me. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, let's get right into it. So why don't you both give us a rundown of your show and expand upon what you set out for with each episode? Sure. So I can kick it off. So as Tony mentioned, our show is called Two Degrees Hotter, and we really try to focus on the postgrad experience and kind of destigmatizing it and being really candid about what, you know, our first year out of college has looked like. We were also 2020 grads. And I think, you know, we've had a really unique experience navigating all of that in the crazy year that we've had. Um, so I think when we started, we really wanted to use this as an opportunity to document our own postgrad journey and really normalize, you know, not having everything figured out. But since then, it has evolved into something, you know, I and I assume Kylie uh, never really would have imagined. Um, and we've had the chance to have some amazing guests on our show who are all pursuing really different paths. We've had a lot, we've had a lot of entrepreneurs on our show, um, and it's really inspiring to hear about what they're doing and being such self-starters at such a young age. Um, so we just love to talk about, you know, the different paths that people can take and really, you know, just encouraging everybody to pursue what they want out of college because it's such a formative time. So yeah, I guess I would say we're a postgrad lifestyle podcast that covers young adult life and we bring in some awesome guests to share their perspective too. Yeah. And kind of going off of what Anya said, I think we really aim to put out episodes that revolve around issues and topics and just things that are interesting us in our lives. We really are. It's like a real time uh, diary of what post-grad life is like. And I think, you know, we have developed a few tips and tricks and hacks along the way, but we also are very much figuring it out as we go. And I think we wanted to provide a show that was really candid about we don't have all the answers and we don't necessarily know what we're doing all the time. We don't know what we're doing like 25% of the time, but that's okay. Um, I think that there needs to be more shows that are open and honest about we're all just getting by each day and you don't need to have everything figured out. By the time you're 22 and graduating college, you don't have to have, you don't even need to have everything figured out by the time you're like 30 or 40 or 50, because life is just constantly changing. I know. And you you accurately described the post-grad life too, because you mentioned that we may not always know exactly what we're getting into or how everything is going to work out, but we're winging it at this point. 
So we can hope for the best and see where it can take us. And I just love how the themes of our show have a nice overlap because people in the post-grad stage of their life could really use a community to help them know that they're not alone when it comes to all of these struggles and, and stress about not knowing where to go or really how to go about handling the adult world after college. So what do you think is one of the biggest struggles that postgraduates are currently experiencing? Well, I think, you know, the 2020 grads that might be listening have had it, you know, a new level of tough um, in the postgrad world, you know, graduating into a pandemic and having the economy be, you know, the worst that it's been in some time. Obviously, that is a huge struggle in and of itself. Uh, but I guess speaking from my personal experience, I think something that I've observed in myself and in a lot of my friends uh, to be a real problem in postgrad life is comparison. Um, and it's really the first time that you're individually set on you know, a path that's not so calculated and laid out for you. And so I think it's really easy to look at other people's jobs, other people's salaries and their apartments and their traveling and plans and comparing it to yours, um, especially for people that graduated in 2020 that may have moved home and you know might not be having like the glamorous post-grad year that they wanted for themselves. I know that's something that I've struggled with a lot um, is just living back at home and navigating being an adult um, you know, in your, in your childhood town and all of that. Um, so I think the truth is we're all really on such unique journeys and everyone has so much going on behind the scenes that it really doesn't help anybody to compare yourself to others, but it's such um, a struggle that I think a lot of us deal with. Um, and, you know, looking at your friends that may have made a different decision than you and gone to grad school or maybe moved to a new city or maybe stayed in their city apartment instead of moving home. So I think that's something that we're all navigating. And I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, graduating and really having the autonomy to make your own decisions for the first time in your life. Yeah. And I think for me, it's imposter syndrome, especially, I feel like this is a big thing with grad school, but I'm sure people who are working full-time as well deal with imposter syndrome. Cause this really is the first time that you're not surrounded by a bunch of other 18 to 22 year olds. I mean, I know in law school, there's people who lived entire lives before they decided to go to law school. And I'm sure with every place that you work at, those people have also lived entire lives before they ended up where you guys are now. And so I've really struggled with feeling like I don't deserve the opportunities I've been given and the recognition that I have received for any sort of aspect of this professional endeavor that I'm on. It And I know that a lot of people share this sentiment. It almost feels like you graduate and you block out all the hard work that you put in during those four years that like got you to where you are and you just completely forget and you're like, I don't deserve any of this. So yeah, I think that's one of the biggest struggles, especially for those of us that are in grad school to deal with kind of, you know, accepting the fact that you deserve to be where you are. And it's interesting because I've lately thought about how location might also play a huge factor in the postgrad life because you either move out and you're onto a pretty booming city or something, you know, working a job that you definitely studied your ass off for the last four years to acquire. And then you're currently taking on life like that. But also, due to the pandemic and everything, a lot of people have been forced to live at their parents' house and everything. And like you mentioned earlier, back in the childhood uh, communities that you come to grow up on. So I'm curious to know if either of you have made a big departure from campus and moved to an entirely new city, or if you, both of you are currently living at home. And if so, how has that been working out for you so far? Yeah, so um, I could guess it makes sense for, to give a little background on like my plan before I say what I actually ended up doing. So I went to school in Boston and I got a job right outside Boston. And so I was expecting to move to like sort of a suburb of the city where a lot of people move post-grad that I was really excited about. 
Um, and then when the pandemic hit, it just didn't make sense to continue paying rent in Boston. And the listeners of Two Degrees Hotter will probably listen back to my episodes in like August um, and hear my anxiety at making that decision. But yeah, it just didn't really make sense to pay so much to live in an urban environment when I was going to be entirely remote for my job anyway. So I have been living at home, working remotely, and it's definitely been a learning curve. I think I'm finally at a place where I'm feeling more you know, in a routine and comfortable with it, which, you know, you could say is a good thing or a bad thing, but definitely a lot to navigate. And uh, I think something we talk about on our show sometimes is just feeling like you're regressing back into like your teenage self, even though you're now like 23 years old, just because your surroundings are exactly like they were when you were younger. Um, So, you know, trying to balance that with working a full-time job um, in my childhood bedroom and everything, it's definitely been a lot, but Kylie's doing uh, school online, which I feel like is a totally different ballgame. So I'll let her to speak to that. Yeah. So I'll also give a little background. I went to school in Worcester, Massachusetts, and I knew I wanted to go to law school in Boston. And so that's how I ended up at my law school. And then the pandemic happened. And so all my dreams of finally moving to Boston and like living my best city girl life went not down the drain, but down the timeline. That's what we like to say on our show. So yeah, so I have been doing law school from my childhood bedroom that I'm sitting in right now. And it's definitely been very interesting. I don't think it helps with the whole imposter syndrome thing because I feel like I'm regressing to my teenage self and here are these very uh, intelligent people who have lived, you know, crazy careers. And I'm just like, I have no business being here. But like Anya said, I'm kind of in a routine accepting that, you know, things could really be so much worse. And I think we're both just excited, you know, things are looking hopeful with the pandemic. And I think we're both excited to get to Boston, hopefully for me, the next academic year. So things are looking up, but it's definitely been a learning process to to be a full-time law student in your childhood bedroom. Yeah, I'm definitely in a similar boat too. Currently working from home in the parents' house and the house that I grew up in for the past several years and everything. And it's definitely been interesting to say the least, working remotely. Luckily, it hasn't completely made me go crazy or anything, and I've been actually enjoying it quite a bit so far. But I'm curious to know, with these locations, you know, whether that's the office or the firm, you know, being in person for everything, do you guys ever anticipate going back to those locations, or do you expect remote learning and working to be something that you'll definitely be doing for quite a while? I actually, I was just reading an article today for one of my classes where a lot of judges are switching at least part of like trials and stuff like that to be completely online because it's just a lot more like efficient and stuff, which I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe it's because I'm, I've been completely online and I'm like, no, for the love of God, we need to go in person. But yeah, so I am very hopeful to get back into the classroom in person next semester. But I think that a lot of Zoom is going to stay with us. At least that's kind of the, the signal that I'm getting from my specific field. I think in a lot of ways it is more efficient and a lot more, um, just cost efficient and less time consuming. So yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting couple of years to see what from 2020 and early 21 stays with us for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I think uh, some important context here is that I think, I guess I'm not sure as much about the legal field, but I don't have a job where I necessarily like need to be physically in person. Like I think Mm -hmm. about, for example, my boyfriend's a mechanical engineer, so he needs to like physically be somewhere making things and testing things. So, you know, being someone that like could do my job entirely remotely and has been for 10 months now, um, I think 
I'm used to it. Um, I think what I imagine is that we'll all return to some sort of hybrid model. I don't think they're going to make us go back to the office for five days a week now that like we've proven the ability to be so productive at home. Um, and I'm also a big environmentalist. So obviously the reducing um, emissions from traffic and commuting and stuff like that is a big benefit of all of this. And, you know, we've literally seen like the effects of climate change mitigated in the past few months as a result. So I definitely have mixed opinion on it, but I think I'm imagining like an eventual hybrid and we don't really have like a timeline on that from my job. I just assume when, you know, herd immunity is uh, close, we will start talking about it. Yeah, I also am experiencing the same exact thing. Nobody really knows exactly when we're going to get back to the office. But from my own perspective, I'm going to anticipate probably another year before I eventually see that downtown office with that nice view overlooking the water. But (laughs) for right now, the view outside my room is something that's definitely going to have to stick around for a little bit longer. Uh, (laughs) But the intimidation to start your lifelong career immediately after graduating is already pretty stressful because college, as I mentioned before, provides a thorough structure of everything. And once you leave, you enter this whole void of just open opportunities altogether. So when you both graduated undergrad, did either of you think that you had it all planned out or were there missteps or pivots along the way? Yeah, I can start. Full disclosure, we did graduate like very recently, less than a year ago. So there very well could still be missteps that I'm not seeing yet. Um, But I think from my perspective, I got my job like right before the pandemic hit. And in that moment, I was like, yes, the post-grad year that I have imagined for myself is in motion. I can't wait to get my apartment with the exposed brick and get a cat. Like I literally had it all in my head so quick. Um, And then of course the pandemic hit and everything kind of got thrown for a loop. So I think... You know, I've really enjoyed my first job um, post-grad here. And I it's ironic because um, I work in a very like dynamic physical space. So I'm like, looking forward to getting back into that space because it's supposed to be like very cool and collaborative. But I think, you know, navigating working from home entirely online has been, I've made a lot of missteps there and just figuring out how to set boundaries with work and figure out what work-life balance works for me when you are working from home and trying not to live at work. Um, so navigating all of that has definitely been interesting, but I think I definitely thought I had it figured out um, in like late February and it was a big reality check to figure out that I don't. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely still fooling myself into thinking that I have more time to plan it out. And that's the whole reason I went to grad school. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) But I definitely, in my mind, I'm like, I don't need to have, like, it's okay that things like went awry because I'm not a real human being yet anyways. I'm just in law school. So I feel like when, you know, the pandemic hit and things kind of shifted for me, I was like, well, whatever. Like, I'm only like a pretend human being at this point and it's fine. But I will say that as someone who does plan everything out and like I'm not the type of person that likes to go in without knowing what I'm getting myself into even the people who plan it all out have missteps and have obstacles because that's just what life is and I think that's something that I've had to learn especially as a postgrad especially as a completely remote law student is that I can like dot all my I's and cross all my T's and like things just don't work out sometimes because life is messy and sometimes you know pandemics hit and sometimes your whole plan gets flipped upside down and you need to learn to adapt to whatever life throws at you. So I'd be lying if I said I didn't like constantly think about, am I doing the right thing? Am I on the right path? Do I need to alter these plans, edit these plans and figure out, you know, what is the right next step for me to take? But I think that any 23 year old is thinking that regardless of how, you know, put together they appear on the outside. 
You're right. Adaptability is huge too, because it's almost like graduating just a very big wake up call overall, where you just have to get your shit together immediately and eventually establish yourself as a professional. So it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a challenge, but also at the same time, you know, is open opportunity for all sorts of different things that you can go down. And so I'm curious what made you interested in law and nonprofit work in the first place, both of you? Yeah, I can start it off. So I think for me, it's not that I was specifically seeking out a nonprofit career. It's more so that I was really focused in a specific subject area and I have been for a long time. And that's kind of the intersection of innovation and environmentalism and sustainability. So I actually had the opportunity to work at both a state agency as well as a private company before this role. So I just was interested in trying a nonprofit because it was like the only aspect that I hadn't tapped quite yet. I had worked for government. I had worked in the private sector um, and I was ready to, to try a nonprofit post-grad and and while I'm definitely, you know, enjoying the nonprofit nature of my work right now, I wouldn't say it was my intention to end up at one. I really was more focused on the innovation ecosystem and sustainability, but there are definitely pros and cons to working in the nonprofit space. And I'd be happy to chat offline with anybody that's interested in that, you know, writing grant proposals is something that I didn't have a lot of experience with before. So that's been cool to do, but being so mission oriented is obviously very important. And it's good to know that um, nobody's directly profiting from the work we're doing. So pros and cons for sure. Um, but I think I sort of more so stumbled into the nonprofit space more than I specifically sought it out at this point. <laughs> and then I found law because so I was always the kid that like had a different career every day of the week. I swear to God, I would just like wake up one day and be like, I want to be a marine biologist today. And so obviously the closer that college got, the more I had to really start to narrow down. And so I entered college a English literature major uh, doubling with secondary education. And I have so much respect for teachers. I think that they are like the superheroes of the workforce and just of like the community in general. But boy, do I not have the patience to be a teacher. And I learned that real quick. So I pivoted myself and I was just an English major. And as you can imagine, the number one question I got when someone asked me what my major was and I told them it was English was, what the hell are you going to do with an English degree? And so a professor kind of told me, you know, you should look into a law degree. You should look into going to law school. I think it's something that would suit you. And I was like, bet. That gives me an answer to this question, finally. And I think this past year, especially for me, really showed among other systems, how much our legal system needs work uh, to be a truly just and fair system. And I think as kind of the culmination of finishing college and then ending in 2020 really showed me that the skills that kind of came more naturally could be impactful in this field. And so I ended up in law school and now here I am. What type of law I'm going to do? Lord only knows. I'm just trying to get through the first year and then I'll figure out that question. But yeah, I'm just, I think it's a good way for me to take what I'm good at and what I enjoy doing, which is primarily reading and writing and, you know, use it in some sort of impactful way. And that's exactly what I was experiencing too when figuring out what I wanted to study in college. I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go, but I tried to evaluate myself and realize what am I good at? And then I realized, well, I'm really good at writing. So then I ended up becoming a PR major and I wanted to use my writing skills to captivate audiences in ways that could be explored from a marketing perspective, advertising perspective, all sorts of different routes. Plus, just like a side note, didn't you guys just hate hearing that question, what's your major? And then having that follow-up question be, well, what are you going to do with that degree? That's just such a, such a shallow question, you know, something that I just was never a fan of hearing. <laughs> 
I know. It and it haunts like, me. The STEM kids never got that question. Like, come you on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so looking back, was there anything you wish you would have done differently in college? Yeah, it's actually funny because we have a whole episode on this topic. Uh, so if you guys want to go and listen to that, it's called Our College Mistakes and Ways to Avoid Them. We think we talk about like 30 different things in that episode. But the one that sticks out the most for me whenever I'm reflecting on my college experience is just, you know, trying to do too much at once and overloading my plate to the point that I wasn't able to have fun or feel like I was really excelling in any of the things that I was doing. So essentially taking on too much that I wasn't able to do anything well. I was just kind of coasting in everything I was doing. And so I was working full time. I was on the executive board of my sorority. I was a choreographer for the dance company. And I just think overall I could have you know, been more selective about the things that I chose to involve myself in, but I've learned so much from it that I don't think I would change anything now. I just literally look back at myself in like 2019 and I'm like, how was she alive? How was she living? How did she do it all? I have no idea. So I guess if you're in college right now, don't hesitate to say no to things. Um, if you don't really feel like they're the right fit for you, if you're, they're not up your alley, I know it's like in college, everyone says like, say yes to everything, but you can say no and you should prioritize your mental health and having time for yourself and to really focus your energy into the things that matter to you. So just give it some thought, but I'll let Kylie go with hers. Yeah. So mine, and honestly, this is a more recent reflection, but I kind of wish I took my undergrad degree a bit more seriously. So like I said, I majored in English. I was specifically a journalism major, you know, as college has become such a necessity to like living your life. Most people that you know graduate high school and then go to college and get some sort of degree. I think with that comes more people than getting masters and PhDs, law degrees, whatever it may be. And so when I went into college, I kind of already knew before I even had a set career path, if I was going to be a teacher, I wanted to get a master's. And regardless, I was going to get some sort of graduate degree. And I kind of wish that I pressed the pause button really quick and thought to myself, well, what can I do with these four years? Even if it's just a year of working as a traditional journalist or working in a communication space and just really trying that on for size before jumping right into the next academic endeavor. I wish I you know, allowed myself that space to figure out just to switch up the traditional path of high school, college, grad school, and then work for the rest of my life, you know? Definitely. Throughout your show, you've mentioned dropping out of law school or career pivots altogether, both of which must be very intimidating on the surface. So I'd like to hear what is your advice for students and graduates that are considering drastic decisions such as dropping out or switch or career pivoting? Yeah, I think the thing that immediately came to mind for me when you asked this question would be to talk to mentor figures. I think it's so, so important to have just a couple people in your life that you've picked up along the way that can give you advice from their perspective. And, you know, not only are they more experienced than you, but they also kind of have a fresh third party perspective on the whole situation. So I kind of try to keep a couple mentors, you know, in my back pocket and definitely just try to keep in touch with them because it's really easy to lose those precious relationships. So if you have a mentor in your life, I definitely recommend just trying to connect with them on like a quarterly basis. Even if you don't think you have a big decision to be making, even if you're not going to drop out of law school or make a big career pivot, I think it's just so important to keep those people in your life and hear their perspective on even just the little things that are going on. So definitely would prioritize mentorship and definitely would prioritize finding a mentor figure if you don't have one. I know that can be a really intimidating thing if you don't have someone that you connected with in your industry or at a previous job or anything like that, but 
those relationships are so valuable. So definitely encourage you to do some networking and reach out to people that seem really interesting to you. And I guarantee people love to talk about themselves. So if you ever offer to hop on a coffee chat or like an informational interview, people are going to be so open to it. I mean, just look at the podcast space, right? (laughs) Yeah. For me, it's don't act on your emotions immediately. And I'm saying that to myself as much as I'm saying it to everyone else. When I was at my peak stress during law school, and I'm sure that there's people in all degree programs that have felt this. I mean, I had the withdrawal forms up and ready. I was like, let's get it. We're dropping out of law school, folks. And in hindsight, I'm very glad that I didn't act right away on just feeling stressed and overwhelmed. Like Anya said, I took some time and I talked to my mentors to get their opinions and really figured out what was causing me to feel like I needed to make this giant pivot. And you might talk to mentors and find what's causing you to want to make this pivot is because you need to make that pivot and then definitely act on it. But for someone like me, I'm finding that maybe it's I actually need to work on my work-life balance and then see if I'm still feeling like this particular program isn't fulfilling me. And, you know, I think that making a big pivot is never a bad thing. And something like dropping out of law school or whatever program you're in, like, it's not the end of the world. It can feel like it in the moment, but it's not. And it doesn't make you a failure by any stretch of the word, but it is a big decision. And I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is make sure that no matter what choice you make in that decision, you look back and think that you really thought it through and gave it the time that it needed by the time you made that decision. And you're absolutely right when you mentioned the work-life balance too, because that contributes quite heavily to your mental health and overall Mm -hmm. well-being. Doing something within a job that is satisfying and you feel that you're helping people or a team or whatever it is you're doing, but also having things outside of your life that definitely help you out as well and keep keep your mind stimulated and keep you happy. And so college offered an atmosphere that allows people to discover themselves. And the post-grad life also offers that same openness for opportunities but it's certainly different. So tell me about what you think the contrast is between college and the post-grad life when it comes to finding yourself. I thought this was a really interesting question. Um, And what came to mind for me was honestly just being alone. And that sounds really sad, Um, but I think especially right now during COVID, the reality is that a lot of us are alone and in such a stark contrast to the last four years of our lives. You know, I think college was such a time of exploring and building a social circle and saying yes to everything and literally being constantly surrounded by people and finding yourself that way. But this post-grad time, especially during a pandemic when you can't really spend time with friends and maybe you're not living with the roommates that you expected to be, um, has really helped me find myself in a totally different way because, you know, at the end of the day, I do spend the majority of my time by myself these days. Um, So it's you know, enabled me to really learn who I am at my core at the end of the day when um, I'm just alone in my room and really figuring out if I'm comfortable with who that person is too. Yeah, I think what came to mind for me is when I think about finding myself in college, it just, it felt more like allowing myself to have fun. And I say that because Anya and I grew up grew up dancing and she can attest that, you know, we spent a lot of time in the studio. And because of that, I at least like was a big nerd in high school and like did nothing and just like went to class and went to dance and graduated and it was fine. So when college came, I had so much more free time and I just really, you know, I took my studies really seriously and I tried my best to have that work hard, play hard mentality and just kind of grow in that more social space, like you were saying, Anya. And now that I'm out of college, I feel like I'm growing a more like adult 
relationship with myself and really thinking more so about the type of lifestyle that I want in the long run and the hobbies and people that I want to make time for when I'm working on that work-life balance. It just, it feels a bit more mature in the way that I'm like really trying to figure out who I am and what I want and what I want to prioritize in my life. And do you think the podcasting community has been helping people of our demographic educate themselves on how to go about living their best life, whether that's the post-grad life or during college? I definitely think so. And I I really hope that, you know, our show can act as that uh, for someone else listening. But um, I think right now it can feel like such an isolating time in this post-grad life. And of course, post-grad can always be an isolating time for people. So being able to hear about other people's experiences, both on our show and listening to other people's shows has been so refreshing. And I think Kylie and I definitely both have a ton of favorite podcasts in the space, yours included. So we would be happy to share a list and we do talk about them on our show often. But yeah, it definitely helps me feel less alone. (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I even think, I mean, like we said earlier, we're big on mentors, like you need third party people and just perspectives to really learn and grow. And I think in a weird way, podcasts almost become like distant mentors, you know, obviously, as podcast hosts, we don't know like the specifics of every listener's life, because that's impossible. But hopefully, our podcast or any podcast that you find that you relate to, is touching upon the subjects that matter to you and that you're seeking some sort of advice on. And that works in the same way that a mentor giving you advice would. And that's not to say that you shouldn't reach out to like actual one-on-one mentors, but it's definitely a place to, to go to feel like, okay, I'm not the only one with these problems. And here's a little starting point to how I can begin to fix them. Right. And you'll also hear people say, man, I wish somebody would have told me back when I was in college to X, Y, and Z. And so it's Mm -hmm. great that the podcasting platform is allowing people to talk extensively about these topics to really help those people out. So it's a it's a very unique community that I'm glad is is growing and, you know, opens up a lot more doors for collaborations, too. And so what do you both hope to accomplish with this podcast? Do you have plans for growth and expansion? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. I think for me, the best part of starting this show has been just connecting with people literally all over the world, which is crazy. Um, you know, how much how much more connected we can be as a result of living in 2021. But yeah, we literally have had messages from like India, Spain, you know, Ar- Ar- Argentina, like crazy places that I never would have dreamed people would be listening to our voices, um, you know, saying that our show has resonated with them or they liked something we said or they tried out a recipe that we shared or something like that. And so I think for that reason, the biggest goal for me is to, you know, try to cultivate more of that community around the show and find more ways to connect, whether that be a new platform or like events one day when it's safe or just making a Facebook group or a Slack group or something like that. I just want to, you know, have more opportunities to share our experiences because um, I think sometimes podcasts can feel a little bit like you're talking into the, you know, the universe and space and no one's actually listening. But the reality is, is that there are people listening and you want to get to know them better too. Yeah, I completely agree with everything Anya said. I'm really proud of the community that we've built on the show. It's just, it's crazy to hear someone tell you that you've made it into like their daily routine or their weekly routine. Like, I can't believe that someone wants to listen to my voice once every week, but I think there's people (laughs) out there that do, I guess. So I hope that we can continue to grow that connection because I think we both get as much out of making the podcast as I hope our listeners get from listening to it. Like it really does help us feel less alone in the same way that we want to make our listeners feel less alone. And so I hope that we can kind of explore other mediums outside of podcasts, whether that be something like a Facebook group, just to help, you know, continue to create content and continue to really foster that community. 
Absolutely. And what is your advice to people that are just about to graduate and take on that post-grad life that we love to talk about on our show? What should they know going in? I think for me, something that I wish someone told me would be that just because you're not in college anymore, it doesn't mean that you have to be an instant adult overnight and automatically have it all figured out. Uh, I think, you know, there's this perception of like you graduate college and like, boom, you're instantly a real human. And I think the reality is, is that nobody's actually a real human. I think if I'm learning anything day to day, it's that everyone's faking it just a little bit and that's okay. Um, and you just have to fake it till you make it. So don't be afraid if, um, you know, not every day looks exactly how you expect it, or you feel like you don't know enough about finance or all these random topics that you need to figure out as a real person. Um, and just definitely give yourself grace and take everything day by day and know that everyone is in the same position of faking it at least a little bit, just like you are. <laughs> yeah. I think mine's a bit more of a pep talk than advice, but you're doing a good job. <laughs> like as long as you are trying and working towards some sort of goal, even if that's just getting through the day, because I know for some people, especially during COVID, you just got to make it through the day. That's a goal. And if you did it, you're doing a good job. You do not need to be hustling 24 seven for whatever reason. We really do live in this society that rewards people that overwork themselves. And for some people like Tony, he completely thrives on that. And that's great, but that might not be you and that's okay too. So yeah, give yourself the breaks that you need. Give yourself a pat on the back, even if the goal is super, super small. Cause if you're working towards something, then you're killing it. That is so great to hear. And I, I love every second of it. And so for a final bonus question for both of you, what would you say is the most useless college degree? Ooh, I don't want like, to make anybody. enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have my answer. Okay, you go. And it's kind of stereotypical, but I have background. Low key, like a marketing degree. And I say that because I'm an English major and I, all of my internships were marketing internships and I was able to get by pretty well. Like, I think that, I think somehow like communications and marketing can like be combined into something. I don't know what it would be. Maybe there is a degree out there that exists and I just don't know about it. But I think that, I don't know if that's like a controversial business major that always told that they're doing nothing, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah. I guess what came to mind for me is, so in my job, I work with so many entrepreneurs and increasingly recently, I feel like I've learned about people that major in entrepreneurship. And I just think that's so interesting because I feel like that's not a super common offering, but I know my school had it by the time that I graduated. And I just think it's funny because I personally associate entrepreneurs with like such a self-made, you know, uncharted path type of thing. So the idea of like majoring in that feels a little contradictory, but I'm sure it's beneficial. I don't know much about it, but that's just what came to mind for me is I feel like I speak to so many entrepreneurs that didn't have a program like that and have been so successful. So it's it's just funny that there is, you know, official like curriculum built out around that now. <laughs> I just can't imagine it. You're right. And it also seems like entrepreneurs don't really credit college for really elevating their successes at all. Right. So exactly. having that as a major is almost kind of counter counterproductive. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all the time I have for both of you today. Thanks again so much for being here today. Where can people go to check out your show? Yeah, thank you for having us. Our show is just two degrees hotter. We're wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, the whole nine yards. Um, and our Instagram is just at two degrees hotter. Yeah, T-W-O-2 spelled out on all platforms. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for being here today and best of luck to both of you in the future. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. 
My guests today were Anya and Kylie from Two Degrees Hotter. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and subscribe and share with your friends and family. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at useless.degrees and go like our Facebook page, the Useless Degrees Podcast. Thanks again so much for listening, and I look forward to entertaining you all on the next episode.